0: Our final scripture reading comes from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 5, it says this. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double of the Lord has spoken. John the Baptist was a forerunner of Christ, both in his birth and in his ministry. And it was John who was the voice of God, a prophet who cried from the wilderness to prepare the way for Christ. He came preaching repentance, getting people's hearts ready for the coming of the lord and that's what's spoken of in verses three to five that we just read now we spent a lot of time during this advent season reading about and talking about john the baptist and his story how it all uh, provides the context for the birth of christ in isaiah 40 speaks of that same context. This is talking about John, God's mouthpiece of preparation. And when he came, it was a sign that the glory of the Lord was about to be revealed. His birth became a sign. It was a sign to Mary. Right? It was a sign to her that because Elizabeth was pregnant in her old age, despite her barrenness, ...that she could believe what the angel had told her. In birth and in ministry... ...John is a sign pointing to the Messiah. All that he did was a sign of the glory of the Lord. That the glory of the Lord was about to be revealed. That all flesh would see it. You can't see God... Uh, You can't fully see His glory. We're told you can't see God and live, and yet the glory of the Lord was going to be made visible. Visible in such a way that mankind could see it. It was all going to happen in the incarnation of Christ. Now I say all of this uh, to point out that uh, you might hear this text, you might hear Isaiah 40 and think, that doesn't really sound like a Christmas text, right? like a text you would read on Christmas Eve, but it is. Right? Because it's tied to John the Baptist, the beginning of, of the, the ministry of Christ about to be revealed, and his preparing both the people in his day and us as well for the revelation of the Lord. So if you have that nagging question in the back of your mind, hopefully that is now set to the side. And we can look at the central message of this text. The whole of the Advent story, the whole of the nativity, the angels appearing, the birth of John, the songs that are sung throughout the Gospel of Luke that we've looked at over the last month, and of course the birth of of our Savior, all of it is a declaration to you of the comfort that God gives. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. It's a kind of sudden outburst, right? Comfort, comfort. There's a brand new section of Isaiah, and it starts that way. You can almost imagine it being uh, said by a watchman on the walls of Israel, just above the gate, right? Crying out. You know, watchmen would be placed on the city walls to, to cry out to the people, right? Often it was to cry out when, when an enemy was on its way. Sometimes it was because of the return of a king, right? He's coming. Or he's here. Well, the call goes out. This time from the Lord. To his prophet. Comfort. Comfort. It's a message of encouragement. It's the kind of language that would be used when you want to show compassion to somebody who has lost a loved one. The fact that it's repeated shows its emphasis. It's how you would... Underline something in hebrew right you would repeat it that's how you know it's important comfort comfort my people says your god god is speaking words of encouragement to those who have experienced great suffering are you suffering or are you in need of encouragement Have you heard the comforting words of God? I hope that's what you hear tonight. God is speaking to you, his people, and he uses the language of covenant. Right? Speak to my people, says your God. My people, your God, over and over. That's the language that's used for the relationship that you, as God's people, have to him. And I will be with them as their God. They will be my people. That's the language he uses. My people, your God. This is God speaking to you. Comfort, he says. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Speak Literally speak to the heart. The advent of Christ is meant to be comfort spoken to your heart. If you are God's people, then this is the greatest of news. And the comfort that God offers you in the birth of Christ is threefold. We see it here in the text. First, that the warfare of your soul is ended. He says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem that her warfare is ended. What is the warfare of God's people? Well, I think this can be Uh, understood comprehensively for any of the kind of turmoil that you might face in this life but most directly for the original hearers it had to do with their exile we looked at another passage from isaiah this morning we talked about the assyrians that were going to come and take some of the people of israel from the northern kingdom into exile at this point in the ministry of isaiah uh, the problem is babylon a nation that rose up even against the Assyrians and would take many of the southern people of Judah into exile. They would be exiled in Babylon. They were under a heavy judgment from God. And it's pictured as a kind of battle. It's almost as though God was at war against them. At least that's what it seemed like. That's how it would be perceived. And as they face this incredible... ...and painful judgment... ...where all the distinctive markers... ...that made it clear that they were God's people... ...that they belonged to him... ...all of that would be taken away and destroyed. Still, they were to remember God's covenant... ...and they were to do so with a kind of disciplined mindset... ...that you'd expect from a soldier. They were to go into the hard circumstance of exile in a similar way that a soldier on the battlefield might have to carry out some difficult task given by a commanding officer God had cast his people off he had allowed them to be laid waste all because they had been an adulterous people worshipping other gods, abandoning the law of God but then it's from that out of that that God then suddenly declares comfort. Comfort, he says. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her that her warfare is over. Are you at war tonight? Do you believe that God is out to destroy you? That God is looking for some way to ruin you? Do you believe that you are under his judgment and displeasure? Then look to Jesus Christ. Because in the birth of Jesus Christ, the message of God to you is that your warfare is over. Now, of course, that isn't true if you continue to rebel against him, right? The the Christmas story is good, not for Herod, though, right? Not for the the scribes and Pharisees that would come later and reject this child-born king. But for you who would kneel before him, who like the shepherds that we've now sung about, would come and bow before him and worship him. Well, the Lord then speaks tenderly to you tonight. That you would know that he is calling you back from exile. The message of the incarnation is one of reconciliation. It's not destruction. Secondly, the comfort that God offers to you in the birth of Christ is the pardon of your guilt says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her that her iniquity is pardoned. God was working through the incarnation of Christ to bring about forgiveness for all of your sins. He doesn't say, speak harshly and remind them of their guilt. He doesn't say, shame them a little bit more for all the ways that they've fallen short. He says, speak tenderly to her. Cry to her that her iniquity is part of. It. Iniquity is uh, indwelling sin. It's the, the part of you that's broken that you can't help. Right? The part that you're just born with. You are born in iniquity. It's the kind of thing that you can't fix. Are you deep in sin and feel that there's no way out? Well, that's why Jesus Christ was born. And God would speak comfort to you tonight. If you're aware that there's uh, something wrong, something that needs to change about you, but you just can't do it, no matter what you try, no matter what you do, there's still this problem hanging over your head. Well, the answer is here. It's the gift of God in the birth of Christ. And if tonight you feel the weight of your sin, uh, don't let that fill you with dread. Don't be fearful. Notice how often the, the angels, as they appear, say to those that they appear to, be not afraid. The Lord did not appear to us to strike us down. He did not appear as one full of, He didn't appear uh, the warrior king that many thought the Messiah would be. He appeared as a child, a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, laid in a manger. And he came in order to pardon the iniquity of his people. So where you are ashamed tonight of the sin that's inside of you, don't let that shame keep you from seeing The glory that's revealed in his appearing. Don't be blinded by your sin, and don't be blinded by feeling bad about your sin. True repentance means trusting God and his word rather than what you think is most needed to deal with your sin. And what does he say? Right, your warfare is over. Your iniquity is pardoned. It's taken care of, it's done. That's what he said. Jesus Christ was born so that you could have the complete pardon of your iniquity. And thirdly, lastly, the comfort that God offers you in the birth of Christ is the doing away with all of your sin. I cry to her that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Do you feel unworthy tonight? Do you feel unworthy of the Lord? You know, it's one thing to hear the words of Christ. It's another thing to believe them. What we have in the birth of Christ is God drawing near to you. The glory of God arriving and being revealed in such a way that you might see Him, that you might know Him. But if you feel that your sin still defines you in some way Uh, it's going to be easy to want to keep back in the shadows to keep away from him you might keep back feeling that you are unworthy of drawing near that's why god says comfort right you have received from the lord's hand double for all your sins in other words everything that's needed, and then some, has been given. Jesus Christ was born among us. He took on flesh. God drew near to us because we could not draw near to him. But now that he's represented us in life and in death, in righteousness and in judgment, everything that was needed for you to stand totally and completely free in the presence of God has been accomplished it makes sense to feel unworthy in the presence of god right when we think of him Uh, that makes sense we are in a way and yet because christ has come because your king is saw fit to draw near to you you need not be ashamed the lord means to encourage you in these words To bring you comfort, to strengthen you in faith. God offers you His comfort in this that Jesus Christ was born. God has drawn near to you. All that's needed for His presence in your life has been taken care of. So be encouraged, take heart. Comfort, comfort, He says. Why should you be comforted tonight? Because all of the blessings of God, Everything that's promised in his covenant was given to you in the birth of Christ. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, once again we give you all the praise. And we are in awe of you as we dwell upon your majesty and yet your humility as you took on flesh and came and drew near to us. Lord, would you reveal yourself more to us tonight? Would you help us to see you? Would you help us to respond as you have called us to respond? In song uh, and in life, help us, we pray in Christ's name.